we want to thank you for taking time out of your busy schedules to join us on the JF Podcast. It is our hope that this most recent talk teaches you, inspires you, and challenges you to live the life you were designed to live. If this message has helped you in some way, help someone else by sharing it. And if you want more information about who we are, what we do, or you'd like to contribute to our community, you can find us at JolietNaz.org. Thanks so much for listening. How many of you have ever left America? Wow. Kind of surprised, not going to lie. Um, <laughs> I mean that in a nice way, I promise. Um, but I was anticipating less. And <laughs> I um, always tell people to leave America, which I don't know if you should do that, but I do it because it's such a great experience and you um, get to see the real beauty in the world and you see um, God and other people and it's just a great, great opportunity. And when I turned 18, I had the opportunity to go to Peru on a mission trip here and it was a two week long trip and really before I left my um, mindset or the questions that I was wrestling with was, um, am I really all in with God? Am I really all in with Jesus? And um, is he really good? And, you know, all of those questions that we all wrestle with when, you know, you're first, you know, going through your relationship with Christ. And I remember that um, sorry. Um, I remember that I really just wanted to go so I could have cool pictures, not going to lie. Like, that was my mindset. I just really wanted cool pictures and to say that I've been to Peru. And I remember stepping off the plane onto the tarmac and thinking, okay, Jesus is going to do amazing things. Wow. Not even two seconds stepping off the plane, I was like, I love it. And <laughs> we walked into the airport and we were greeted with um, just warm hugs from complete total strangers from across the world and tears, lots and lots of tears. Um, and just so much love from people that I didn't even know. And on this trip, someone decided to take us to a snake farm. I, I, don't, I don't know. I really don't know. I don't know why we think that's a good idea to play with wild snakes and put them around our shoulders and stuff and touch them. But we did it. And on our way home, you had to ride a boat to get there. And so on our way back, the boat dock was not very sturdy or safe for people to walk on. So it was just makeshift boards laid out in a skinny type plank thing. And we all filed, single file, struggled to walk across this while it's, while it's pouring down rain. And there was a house there that had an awning. And we had stopped and our translators asked if we could just sit under the awning and, and wait for the rain to stop so we could continue on our way back to wherever we were going. And they said yes. And while we were all just sitting out there, you know, having a grand old time, I think there were like 25 of us or something, um, this family started to bring out every piece of furniture that was in their house so that we could sit and um, just be comfortable in their, in their home. And they 
literally didn't have to do that, but they did it anyway, and without if, ands, or buts. Like, it was no question. We couldn't tell them no, they just did it. And I think a lot of times, when we give a gift, we give it with the intention that we're gonna get recognized for it. Like, we want people to know what we're giving people. That's why there's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, you know, people post what they get from other people on there. Or it's the complete opposite. We want to give those big things, but we financially can't afford it, or we just feel like what we give won't be good enough. And I think this is the very tension that we wrestle with, is the fact that we are giving out of a wrong place, or we are in the wrong place and we're struggling to give. I'm gonna say that again. We are either giving out of the wrong place, or we are in the wrong place and struggling to give. And we're going to look at a story today where Jesus addresses this very thing, where we are giving out of a place that is totally just we want people to know our intentions and know what we have and not actually genuine, or we want that and we just feel like what we give won't be good enough, it won't measure up. And so Jesus shares with us this story, and let's take a look. Just then he looked up and saw the rich dropping offerings. All these others made offerings that they'll never miss in the collection plate. They'll never miss it. They'll never miss it. (laughs) So I was thinking this week about things that we spend our money on that are really just not important to us or we don't really care about or we won't even know when it goes missing. And then I started thinking about the multimillionaires and billionaires and what they spend their money on and like how, what to them is something that they would never use or is unnecessary and that they would miss or wouldn't miss. And um, the first one on Google, trusty Google, is buying their own island. Wouldn't you like to have that struggle? Um, (laughs) They didn't, like, they don't, obviously, what's on the island? We don't know. Uh, Probably nothing. It's just an island, just a body of land floating in the ocean. Um, Number two is renting or buying a property that they will never go to. If you've ever been to any beach, you see these massive beach houses on the beach, Chances of them being used? Never. They're closed all the time, all year round. Um, Number three, buying a super yacht just for the status symbol. (laughs) Just to have it, just to say, oh, come over to my super yacht for one day. (laughs) Like, what? (laughs) But if they sell it, they'll probably never miss it because they still have more money. Number four, cars. Your dream cars. Maseratis, Lamborghinis. Is a Maserati a car? Okay. Whoops. (laughs) Um, Your dream cars. (laughs) Number five. (laughs) More cars. How can one person have 23 cars? They don't need it. But really, we look at these multi-millionaire, billionaire people, and we're actually not much different than them. (laughs) Um, Actually, if you have running water, a place to stay, a mode of transportation, even public, 
like any way to get around, you are, and food, you are considered in the top 15% of the world's wealth, which is very interesting because we technically wouldn't consider ourselves that fortunate or, you know, in wealthy percent, I would say. And so I started thinking, and trusty Google again, I Googled what we spend our money on that we don't really need or we'll never miss. And our number one, umbrellas. Bet she didn't guess that one. Um, it's <laughs> when it's raining, you never have your umbrella, but you paid money for it. Number two is bottled water. You open a bottle of water, you forget you opened it. You grab another one, right? Number three is toys, kids' toys. An abundance of them, lots of them, lots and lots and lots. Your kid will only realize that one is missing if it's their absolute favorite. The rest, they couldn't care about. <laughs> Number four, gym memberships. <laughs> I think this is one that we just simply don't use. <laughs> um, and finally, number five, the food that you buy at the store that gets left in your fridge that you never eat. So really, the only difference is the number in your bank accounts. That's it. We all spend money on things that we don't need and that we'll never miss. And this is exactly what Jesus is addressing here when he's talking about the rich people. It's kind of like your gym membership. Your money gets taken out every month. They could increase that amount. You wouldn't even know. You don't know the date that they take it out, probably. I'm just guessing. And you'll never miss it. And that's exactly what the struggle is. And a gym membership, obviously, it's not stretching you. It's not a sacrifice or anything like that. But but I know that there are a lot of people here that give above and beyond what they're called to give. And they don't know how they're going to pay their bills. They don't know. how they're going to be able to afford their daily living expenses, but they still give. And so Jesus continues, and he says, Then he saw a poor widow put in two pennies. He said, The plain truth is that this widow has given by far the largest offering today. She gave extravagantly what she couldn't afford. She gave her all. I'm going to read that last part one more time. She gave extravagantly what she couldn't afford. She gave her all. And I think what Jesus is addressing here is poverty is not a free pass. We would look at, we look at the rich people, and of course we're going to pick on that. But also, when I read this passage, the first thing that, kind of grabbed my attention or that made me look at it in a different perspective was extravagantly. And what does that mean? And 
I looked on the internet again, <laughs> um, <laughs> and it's lacking restraint in spending money or exceeding what is reasonable or appropriate. Absurd. And this idea of giving extravagantly when you have nothing is kind of scary. And it's not safe <laughs> and uncomfortable. And I have seen numerous times extravagant giving just in me traveling and being overseas. They um, give out of their own need, and it's the weirdest thing, but it is so good, and it's totally from their heart. And I think exactly what's being addressed in this passage is her heart, not necessarily the amount. And I can remember when I went to Uganda two years ago, and I was working with a non-for-profit, and we were working with widows and orphans, and we had gone up this, not a mountain, but a pretty steep walk, and we had reached a family, and the woman had infections in her legs, and she was about to lose one of her legs, and she had two sons, one who was six and one who was eight, and it was out of seeing that and seeing these two little boys give to their family by walking down every day and getting water and bringing it up so that they could have water to clean with, to eat with, and all of that, that um, even in their just survival mode, that they were still extravagantly giving to their mother and they were giving as a family to each other. And I think that this is just one example, but I have plenty more. When I was in Peru, there were families who had taken days off of their regular paying jobs to come help us build the church. And what a sacrifice that was for them to miss out on their pay, to miss out on feeding their families possibly or whatever their daily necessities were to help us. And looking back now, I see that the posture of my heart was so wrong when I went to Peru. And it was in that experience where my heart was changed. And when you look at the story of this woman who gave two pennies, and Jesus says that's extravagant giving and all of that, that's exactly what he's wanting to, you to do. He want, he's focusing really on your, the posture of your heart. And... I think for some, when you give, it's giving everything and feeling like you have nothing. And for the poor, it's giving everything and still feeling like it's nothing. I think I've learned and I've seen a lot for just my age. And I'm 23 years old. Why am I up here talking to you? I don't know. But God is good, and that's why. But um, 
I just want you all to know that it's really not about the money that you're giving or whatever. It's about the posture of your heart and where you are with Jesus. That's all he cares about. He doesn't care about your money. But he wants to know that your heart is right with him. And I would just encourage you and just remind you that poverty is not a free pass. And even if you feel like what you can give isn't enough, it doesn't matter. Jesus is still going to do something great and amazing with it.